Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast, a very special edition of the Busted Open Podcast as Mark Henry and I talk about the legend, the greatest ring announcer of all time, Howard Finkel, who passed away at the age of 69. Mark shares some emotional stories and moments. Also, we're joined by Mick Foley, who shares stories and moments. Justin Roberts, who is, in my opinion, the best ring announcer right now, with stories and moments, and our very own Tommy Dreamer. It's a very emotional episode, and it's this episode of the Busted Open Podcast. Welcome to Busted Open. Obviously, a somber open to our show today. Just a, a real rough uh, 48 hours for pro wrestling. And then the news broke after we signed off yesterday that WWE Hall of Famer, the legendary ring announcer Howard Finkel, passed away at the age of 69. And let me bring in my tag team partner and my and my friend, uh, the one and only Mark Henry. Mark, how are you this morning, buddy? You know what, man? It is... Like you said, it's somber <clears throat> and a little bit difficult, but Howard never missed a day of work. And I'd be damned if I'm going to. You know, it's, and people like Howard set the tempo. Uh, he was the first WWE employee. He did everything. And when I say everything, I mean, he was the caretaker. <laughs> he was sometimes the janitor. He put the ring up, drove the truck, uh, did everything that you could do shipping-wise. Uh, I mean, he, he was a, probably the most multifaceted WWE employee of all time. Uh, I don't know if there's ever been anybody that, did as many jobs as Howard did, and without complaining. He loved it. He loved work. He loved being a part of the WWE. He loved being a personality. And at some point today, during this program, I got to hear Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, because okay. Because Howard would play, well, they, they would play it. on Before the show opened, before Howard Finkel came through the curtain to make the announcements, they would play Welcome to the Jungle, and he'd be behind the curtain, shadow boxing, jumping up and down, 
punching. And that's what I see in my mind right now. Uh, yesterday, it was hard. It was hard. I said this wasn't going to be. How I wanted the show to go this morning. But he will be missed. And I talked to probably 10 people yesterday. That every time we talked, all we did was cry. But at the end, we ended up laughing because there were so many special and funny moments uh, hanging out with Howard where there's always somebody that would do an impersonation <laughs> and nobody could do the impersonation completely well, not like Howard did it. Uh, Tommy Dreamer would always be like, however, <laughs> and and he it, that's that's a part of his his everyday vernacular. He he always threw some Howard in with almost every conversation that you had with him. Um, Justin Roberts, uh, who we rode together for a long time, uh, mainly during the Sasha Baron Cohen, Cohen uh, movies. And um, we both referred to ourselves as B-Lo. And... Um, Howard was a below. <laughs> You're like, hello, Howard. Howard below. And it was just like, I, so I start to think about all the funny things, but you know, it's hard, man. It's really hard. Yeah. It's been, uh, you know, so emotional these last 48 hours. And, you know, I knew Mark that you were close to Howard and you, you posted some pictures, um, at, on your Twitter at the Mark Henry. And I, you know, Tommy um, is going to be joining us later on the show with Justin Roberts. Uh, I, I know Tommy was, you know, extremely emotional yesterday. And, you know, after, after everything that happened, you know, with the WWE and we've seen, you know, uh, employees, you know, getting furloughed and let go. And that, that was such a tough day where you see a lot of, people's dreams kind of you know crash down to reality with everything that's going on in this world right now and it was just um you know it was very striking and obviously you know it's it's you know kind of burst our pro wrestling community our bubble that we kind of been living in over the last month and then and then you find out that Howard Finkel had passed away and you know very hard yeah it's you know and I, I only got to meet him a few times. Um, 
he was a fan of the show. And it was it was funny that um Doug Mortman, my old uh my old partner here on Busted Open, interviewed him and I wasn't I wasn't there. I had a prior commitment when I was because I was still working for the NFL and Doug interviewed him and and Howard like was like, Where's LaGreca? Where's LaGreca? And I had never met him, but he was such a fan of the show that he was uh you know aware that that it was only one arm trying to give the hug. <laughs> yeah. And and like the th- the thing about it is is that I got so excited of that that Howard Finkel actually listened to you know to my radio show and then we had the opportunity to meet over uh, uh, the course of the years and uh, I mean such a such a nice guy and such a company guy like he he loved the WWE so much yeah. like he didn't want to do anything to disappoint the company or 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 have anybody look at him differently and man as a fan Mark. You know, just to see him at Madison Square Garden when that microphone would come down, he'd grab that. Like, you knew that it was going to be a big match in a big moment because Howard Finkel was the ring announcer. You you go back and you know uh, you know Hogan beating the Iron Sheik for the WWF Championship. You know the WrestleMania three. You know with you know Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat, and he's like new Intercontinent. Like all those moments, those tones, like the, those inflections in his voice, like. That's the soundtrack uh, to our childhood and to yeah. so many people, you know? Yeah, Howard, um, always like when you got the big match main event and you would hear Howard introduce those in, in, in standing to your right and the build up. And then he was like, and on your left, from Kalamazoo, Kansas, whatever the hell the town is called, it was something, and it just it made you feel good. It made you feel like, okay, this is important. It's not just an event. Like this is really essential to all of our understanding of what's about to happen. Loved it so much, and um. I mean, I I could sit here and and tell a hundred stories about Howard, but I remember when uh, I first came in and Howard said, um, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've I've had the pleasure of meeting um, the strongest man in the world before, and this is the third time that I've met the strongest (laughs) man. (laughs) And he mentioned... uh, Ken Patera, and uh, even though I don't think that Bruno San Martino was the strongest man in the world, he 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 referred to him as the strongest man in the world, and I was the third, and he would call me third sometimes. He's like, "Hey, third," <laughs> <laughs> like in the when I first met him. But then as I got older, and we had a few years together. Uh, he never called you Mark. It was always Mark Henry, the world's strongest man. Like he gave you your full introduction every time he saw you. <laughs> Even if he saw you three times during the day, uh, you could count on uh, getting your full entrance. It's unbelievable. 
And I know for a lot of superstars, Mark, you know, a lot of them came out on social media yesterday to talk about that their moment, their championship victory or their WrestleMania moment meant so much more because it was Howard Finkel that was introducing him. It was Howard Finkel announcing the winner. And, you know, as a fan, it just he just had a different feel than everybody else. And that's not knocking any other ring announcer. No, no. Other great ring announcers. But I mean. You know, we talk about Jim Ross, Mark, and when we say Jim Ross, we, we say the best voice in pro wrestling, the best play-by-play. There's so many other Hall of Famers, so many great uh, play-by-play announcers, but to me, Jim Ross is the best. Howard Finkel was the best. You know, there, there are other great ring announcers, but nobody comes close to how great Howard Finkel was and really kind of set the template on being a, a ring announcer in pro wrestling. Not, ju- not just in pro wrestling, but in all forms of sports entertainment, whether it's MMA or boxing. Uh, you go and listen to boxing and uh, before Howard Finkel, and it was just guys introducing people like, uh, on your right corner, the blue corner, John Scott, from Minnesota, and then you have on the left corner, you have the red corner, you have Johnny Nitro from so-and-so. But then Howard came in and changed everything. I mean, he was, ladies and gentlemen, standing in this corner, Mark Henry from Selsby, Texas. And, And he gave that flair to introductions not just in pro wrestling but in every form and i'm telling you i don't have to like look it up or google it or figure it out i know the difference because i remember watching muhammad ali fight joe frazier i remember um watching the first time that i i heard mma and and i was like oh these guys trying to rip howard that's the what that's what i'm thinking to myself when, when there was a change, because before, you know, you go back and listen to the thrill in Manila. It's not Howard Finkel introducing Muhammad Ali. I wish it would have been. I wish Howard Finkel would have been able to announce all of those big fights and uh, all the, you know, different things, because it, it would have it would, it made it. He just made everything seem that much more important. This is Luke Thomas from SiriusXM Fight Nation. Combat sports and the entire sporting landscape have been impacted as we all face a time of uncertainty in the world. We have concerns about our family, friends, and neighbors and have taken time out to focus on the important things in our lives and be safe. One thing that we can be sure of is that we'll push through this difficult time together. Whatever happens in the world of combat sports and beyond, we'll be here for you on SiriusXM Fight Nation. In the meantime, you can join us for live sports talk on Mad Dog Sports Radio Channel 82 and SiriusXM NFL Radio Channel 88. These are the emotions that we'll probably get from some of the guests that we're going to be having on today as well, Mark. And and the fact that, you know, when somebody passes, obviously you're going to be emotional, you're going to be sad. But then you want to bring up some some memories and, and stories and, you know, you want to smile and you want to laugh and you want to uh, celebrate the life. And when you look at Howard Finkel, he was only 69 years old. That's a young man, you know, 69. That's that's young. And I know he was battling a lot of health issues over the last, you know, five years. But when you figure he made his debut in 1975, Mark, 
you know, and then passing away in 2020 at the age of 69. He started very, very young. It was, yeah. you, you figure like in his lifetime, all the changes he saw uh, in, in the world of pro wrestling and especially the WWE. Well, imagine going from Vince's father and working for him all those years, being a, the WWF, mm-hmm. and then Vince owning the company and Vince saying, Howard, um, I want you to come and work for me. I mean, to be the first employee means that Vince saw something in Howard that he didn't see in everybody else. Like he saw that Howard was willing to work the extra hours. He saw Howard was willing to put down everything and put the WWF first. That's why he was the first employee. He would have been my first employee if I owned the company because he just worked harder and longer and more diligently than everybody else. And he looked at it as my, it was his company. And you, 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 you can't not honor somebody. And the way that he was honored is, um, and Vince will probably get mad and call me and cuss me out. But Vince took care of Howard to the end. And it'll probably be Vince that buries him. And I know he is. (laughs) I know he's torn up. There will be a brighter day. I know it. Well, you mentioned Vince McMahon, and and you mentioned how Howard Finkel was hired by his father, Vince McMahon Sr., when it was the WWF. Think about the fact that Howard Finkel like was there to see that national push that Vince McMahon was able to give to the WWF. And then you look at all the WrestleManias, and Howard Finkel was a part of WrestleMania from 1985 to 2016. You know, somehow, some way, you heard his voice throughout all those WrestleManias. You know, whether it was announcing a new champion or announcing in the Hall of Famers, Mark. You know, yeah. He he he. I mean, you know, here we are, you know, doing the show on Friday. I'm sure for SmackDown tonight, Mark, they're going to have a tribute to him uh, on Fox at the beginning oh, of that wow. show. And and you know how it's going to start? It's going to start with Howard standing behind a curtain and welcome to the jungle plan. Watch. I don't have to be in the production room to get that, to know that. It's, it's how we remember Howard. And I, I, I've actually seen video footage of it of it happening. So I know that they have it and it's going it's going to be shown and all the boys are going to pop and how it just keeps on popping the boys, man. Just keeps on popping the boys and um I remember one time 
we were in the production office and Howard came in and asked for something. And uh, Steve Rubin, he said, come on, Howard. He said, you act like you're one of the boys. And he said, I'm, I am one of the boys. <laughs> he said, I was one of the boys before there were ever boys. He was like, so Steve Rubin, just do your job. <laughs> and I just busted up laughing because I had never heard Howard raise his voice at somebody. And it wasn't like he was being arrogant. Steve was playing with him. But it didn't come across. He didn't respect Howard like he should have respected Howard at the least way Howard felt like it should have he should have been respecting him at the moment. And uh he got put in line and man, I, I uh I'll never forget. Man, it's just so many things, man. It's thousands of things that happened in uh twenty four years that I knew Howard that you know, I I mean it just it's a part of me. Um when you look at and you mentioned the word respect and how much respect Howard Finkel had for everyone and how so much respect was given back to him. I remember CM Punk at Survivor Series, I think it was 2011, asked specifically for Howard Finkel to announce his championship match. You know, that's, you know, at when he was not an active, you know, ring announcer anymore. And and I'm sure, like, that next generation, the, you know, the, the wrestlers that we see now on WWE programming still have that respect for somebody like Howard Finkel. Oh, most definitely. Everybody respected Howard Finkel. Everybody. Uh, all, all the guys, they, they, nobody trivialized his existence. I'm, I'm going to tell you that right off the bat. I mean, he, he's one of the most revered people. And if Howard was around and you walked up and said, Howard, what do you think about this? He's one, he was a sounding board because he had seen so much and uh, you wanted to know the history of something. He had a great, great memory of things that happened throughout history. And you, you could go, Howard, who, who were the strongest guys in, in pro wrestling? And he would go, oh, and he would just name them. And during this time and that time and, and be able to put a button on everything that he said and you can you didn't have to you didn't need wikipedia <laughs> you had howard as it related to pro wrestling I, I don't i don't know if um anybody howard knew what you wanted to eat he knew um you know hey mark we got the runners if you want i know we're in texas do you want some barbecue i could have them send out and get you some and I'm like no nah, i'm good howard thank you but he was always looking after everybody and watch everybody that comes on is going to tell you how Howard used to look after everybody, uh, him, Jimmy Miranda, Arnold Scolan, Timmy white, like the, the history is there's people. And now, you know, there's, there's guys now in that production that look after everybody, you know, the Sean Selman's and, you know, Steve Rubens. Um, but, Going back to the beginning, you know, Howard and Jimmy Miranda, boy, they took care of us. They, me and Dwayne, when we first came in, um, we thought we knew what was about to happen. <laughs> Little did we know that uh, we didn't know shit. And Howard, uh, a lot of times, was the buffer. Him and 
Uh, Arnold Scolan, you know, held our hand a lot too. Him, and Timmy White, but uh, mostly it was it was it was Howard and Jimmy Miranda. They were the ones that was day to day. Howard was on the house shows, so you know, like if you needed to know where the gym was, if you needed to know who took care of the boys as far as food, Howard knew everything. There, there was there was not one thing that existed in the world of pro wrestling that. He didn't help facilitate your growth on. It was always him trying to make it better for you. You know, Mark, you mentioned some names like a, a Tim White, like an Arnold Skolan. Those are like those, those are like the godfathers, you know, those are the, 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 the names that people bring up, like the founding fathers when it comes to this company, like the WWF and WWE. And I, I, I guess now you have to, you have to name a Howard Finkel in in that same realm when you're when you're with a company as long as he was starting in 1975 i mean you're you know and what he's been through in the growth of the company you know as you know think about it when howard finkel started with the wwwf it was a regional company it was new york new jersey connecticut um and then to see that regional company grow to a national and now a global product i mean you know, Howard's one of the godfathers that you have to speak of when you talk about this company. Man, you you know, there was a time when Vince himself, uh, not only did he star in WWE productions, being an announcer and everything, produ- producing the show, um, but they also would video send all the videos around the world the the VHS and beta around the world and Howard was standing right there helping get all that done he helped build that company and that's one of the reasons why uh, I, I talk about the loyalty of the company and being a company guy because Howard is one of those guys like a Timmy White, like a Arnold Skolan, like a Sergeant Slaughter, and uh, that Vince will take care of them till their last day. And Stephanie and Shane, you know, they will take care of us old guys and their kids when they start running the company, we'll take care of the guys that, you know, people say, Hey, that was, that was a company guy. He needs to be taken care of. I I never, never have a worry because of where my place is and what, how I help. Um, but the ultimate goal is to be considered, um, uh, WWE lifer, and somebody that's, you know, fought the wars with you. And, you know, Howard fought a lot of wars, man. And they won a lot of wars. And he was the voice. You talk about the soundtrack behind. He was the voice behind the Monday Night Wars. And to be on the winning side of that, I guarantee you nobody, probably not even Vince, was more excited and proud that we won than Howard. Nobody. 
you ask Tommy, you ask anybody, who who do you think was more, um, who's more proud, who was happier about winning the wars, the Monday Night Wars, Howard or Vince? I no would contest. think it'd be, really? No contest. Wow. Howard loved, man, it was his life. It was his life. If you said, Howard, no more WWE for you, no more WWF, it would, man, we'd be having this moment a lot sooner. It would have killed him. He loves it. It was his child, man. It was everything to him. IndyCar fans, this is Brick by Brick with A.J. Allmendinger and Jack Aroot. We can maybe provide you with a little distraction. I'm just missing racing. The season will start, and they'll have to be ready right when it starts. And I think we're really going to see the drivers that are physically and mentally most strong through this time are going to come out firing. If it's a shorter schedule, the start of this season is going to be even more critical than usual. New episodes air Wednesdays at 6 Eastern on Dan Patrick Radio Channel 211 and anytime on demand with the SiriusXM app. The greatest ring announcer of all time, Howard Finkel, who we lost yesterday morning at the age of 69. And we're going to have some great guests. Mick Foley's going to be joining us in just a few minutes. And we're also going to be joined by Justin Roberts and Tommy Dreamer this morning. So there's a lot to get into for sure, Mark, on today's edition of Busted Open. You know, I'm looking forward to... Uh, Tommy and Justin coming on, but I'm also dreading that, you know, every time you uh, get together with somebody different, like the emotions just pour off again. It's just and like, so, a, yeah, it's going to be emotional. part of it. Yeah, it's going to be emotional, Mark. And let's bring in right now somebody who's been just, um, um, like, I mean, you talk about, forget about a Hall of, of, Hall of Fame wrestler, Mark, and, and you know this, and, and, you and I have gotten really close, so I don't mind saying this. Like somebody who's a Hall of Fame human being, uh, somebody that you know just does great work, and he's been doing it since we've all been under quarantine. And that is uh, Mick Foley, and and I bring him in right now. And and Mick, welcome back to Busted Open. Really appreciate your time as always. Hey, uh, thanks for having me on. I know this is a tough week uh, for us, um, not only in the business, but for anyone who loves. Uh, the wrestling business, it's a tough week, but I'm happy to be on with you guys. Yeah, and, and Mick, I, I bring up about what a great person you are, and I think anybody who is you know, a wrestling fan or listens to this show knows that, and you've always been great with your time, and I, you just, you're just great with your time in general. I, I know um, on social media, you kind of left yourself open for people who wanted you know, video messages to to just reach out and you would, and, and, and I, I, as soon as you did that, Mick, I'm like, I don't think you really knew what you were getting yourself into. And I guess, I guess like a thousand requests later, I guess, I guess you started to, to understand that. Yeah. Well, I got them. I got the thousand done uh, yesterday and then I uh, wow. found myself even at like four in the morning, just sending out some more because there are more requests there and uh, I enjoy doing them and it makes me feel like I'm doing something positive because like a lot of people, you're just stuck in your house. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, you're not being asked to, you know, heroic measures. You and Mark knows what it's like. You know, we like to chip in and be part of the community. 
with WWE and you, you know, you visit people, you visit hospitals. I remember after nine uh, eleven, you know, going down. I think it was called Roses or Rosita's. It was a place where you would serve uh, policemen and firemen, and uh, we would go down and do that type of thing. And in this case, it's like no, you just stay home. So uh, that was my little way of trying to help out, and I really enjoyed it. When you look at like everything that's going on and you're right, the last 48 hours have been uh, just a nightmare, you know, dur- during this whole process has just been, you know, crazy when you look at a cow, you know, it wasn't that long ago, Mick, you were in our New York studios doing the show with us. And, you know, and now over the last month, over a month now, we all have been stuck in our homes and you have done a great job of, you know, and what I think we've all found out, uh, is how how small this world uh, really is when you when you look at it and that we're in this fight together. And I don't think there's ever been a fight like this where, you know, it's not just, you know, our city, our country. It's the entire world in this fight together as one. Yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, you're right. This, this, they say this virus knows no uh Party lines knows no uh, national borders. Uh, it's an equal opportunity offender. I mean, striking uh, people of color um, more regularly, but uh, man, it's 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 really tough. It's striking the elderly. Um, it can be really depressing, and uh, you know, compounding that is the bad news of all the layoffs in WWE. Uh, you know. Under most circumstances, you can say, reach out to people who've been let go and say, hey, keep your head up. There's plenty of work out there. You know, follow the Drew McIntyre model of, you know, reinventing yourself. And in this case, it's really tough to land on your feet when there's no work, there's no shows. It's a really difficult time uh, to be without a job for anybody. Uh, that includes people in in our business. And then on top of that, we hear yesterday that uh, the Fink has passed on. So it's been it's been a brutal, yeah, like you said, forty eight hours for us, those of us who love the business and are in the business, for sure. Mick, I, I um, wonder what you're doing right now. Like I know you're you you loved Howard like like we all did. Uh, is there a memory? Uh, something funny that you could tell me so I don't go and, you know, jump off the bridge here by my, by my house. Oh man. Yeah. I don't know if it's Please funny. Make me laugh. Uh, I, I, <laughs> but for me, having grown up, you know, listening to Howard and going to the garden, I think one of the, you know, one of the most impactful things to me was the first time he got on the phone with me because I would have talked to Howard about travel before before I actually, you know, uh, ever worked an event for WWE. And it's just surreal because there's only one voice like that. And I have a feeling that it was Howard. I, I detailed in my first book how the first uh, meeting I had with Mr. McMahon, he didn't have the name quite right. You know, he figured Michael Foley. I said, hey, I was Mike. You know, we want to do what's best for Mike. And I said, it. you can't tell him he's got it wrong because he's Vince McMahon. And it was always my suspicion. The next time I met him, hey, Mick, how was, how was Mick? And I was like, I just thought Howard Finkel had to have told him because Howard knows Howard knows everything, right? He was a walking encyclopedia of our business. And uh, the other the other memory I have of Howard um, is that he had a way of making everything sound 
amazing. And I can't tell you who it was that wasn't able to make the event, but it was a main event superstar. It was along the lines of a, an Andre the Giant. And Howard would go out and break the bad news. Unfortunately, Andre the Giant got up here, but taking his place, Hillbilly Jim. And he would have those 19,000 feet be like, yes, that's exactly who we want to see at our main event tonight. <laughs> He's, uh, uh, he was a you know, not only the as far as I'm concerned, the best to ever do his job, but as we who were fortunate enough to know him can attest, he was also a very dear man and uh, you know, yeah. wonderful, wonderful guy. Mick, you you mentioned that he was an encyclopedia, and I was telling Dave right before you came on exactly the same thing. Like you could walk up to Howard and say, Howard, who was the who was the best grappler in the seventies, the eighties, the nineties? And he would say, Oh, Mark, and listen, there and he would give you details about I saw a house show where this guy wrestled this guy and and, and and you just like he like it was yesterday. He he can make anything sound great. I don't know how like is is that something that we can like that we can harness and it can be taught or is it just something that is in you or is not? Yeah, I I know. I don't know if we could ever harness the power of the think. I'm thinking to myself, and I hope this doesn't come across as being disrespectful to Howard. I'm not sure this is the way he wants to be remembered, but at this point, if it's something that makes us laugh, I think it's a positive thing. Remember, he played an on-air role when he was he was no longer ring announcing. He became a Jericho-holic. Do you remember that, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and there was a time that... <laughs> there was some type of friction between him and Stacy Keebler. And uh, Stacy told him he'd better get moving. And Howard's like, something's moving. Stacy, something's moving in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't do his voice justice. But he took whatever job was given to him. You know, in his heart, he was still on that microphone at MSG. But if he was going to be uh, you know, there for comedic relief, uh, he was going to supply the best comedic relief he possibly could. You know, as Mick is talking, uh, Mark, because I because I, rem- I remember that match that like Howard Finkel had with William Garcia over who was going to be yeah. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 ring announcer, and and then Trish and <laughs> Stacy Keepler interfered. It was like, I, my gosh, and and Mick, what made me just laugh out loud? I actually had to move my <laughs> microphone. Is and and Tommy Dreamer and I were talking about this yesterday, like. Mick just talked about, you know, Andre the Giant's out. And then replacing Andre the Giant, you know, Hillbilly Jim, it made it sound exciting where everybody got excited. Tommy and I were both at an event where it was supposed to be Jimmy Superfly Snuka, and he was replaced by Salvatore Belomo. And... And he made it sound, he you know, Salvatore Belomo, and you're like, yes, yes, Salvatore Belomo, no, no, no. yeah. Oh man, you the know, big build up. Just, just of, of He's beat seventeen you know, men in a row. <laughs> Salvatore yeah, Belomo never can, beat seventeen men. Never beat but, somebody seventeen yeah. times in a row. <laughs> Oh my and I think I think Howard had to do that type of thing quite a bit when Snuka was in his prime. Yes, because, unfortunately. You know, the Rock was pretty close, you know, with uh, Snuka when he was growing up. And he said that uh, 
I think that at a certain point they had Bob the Cat Bradley uh, driving Jimmy around, and say Jimmy would just take a look out the window. He'd see the line down the block and go, "Not tonight, brother." <laughs> <laughs> Back to the hotel. <laughs> Back to the hotel. Yeah. So, oh uh, so gosh. Howard probably had to try to cover for him on many an occasion. Yeah, but he did. He did a good job doing it, and you know. Um, Mark and I obviously for most of the show today have been talking about Howard Finkel and, 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 and Mick, you mentioned that, you know, it's been such a rough 48 hours and, you know, everyone's dealing with this now, whether it's a friend, a family member, a neighbor, you know, of, of people now, you know, losing their job, you know, we're over a month in to this quarantine and, and businesses are suffering and, and, and right now, everyone's feeling the effects of what's going on. There, there's nobody that's listening to us right now that aren't going to feel the effects of this somehow, some way. And, you know, hearing of all the people that were released or furloughed. And and I guess, Mickey, you just got to hope that the, the dust settles soon and that, you know, a lot of the people that were let go are going to be able to land on their feet and, and be able to either, A, come back to the WWE or or find another place quickly where, you know, they can get back to work. I hope so. Uh, these are really unprecedented times, and I hope uh, for the good of everyone, uh, it turns around quickly. Hey, if I could, I know you're going to be talking with Justin and Tommy, but uh, geez, I remember Justin telling me about visiting Howard with Tommy. I knew that Tommy visited him. I didn't realize the extent how regularly he visited, and. That's what a credit to Tommy, you know. I mean, I'm not just. Uh, it was within a week. I was thinking to myself, I would ask Tommy if I can go on one of these visits. Um, and you, you know, dirtiest words in the English language are "what if." So, should have, could have, would have. I wish I had. And it's really a credit to the guys who did uh, make that trip uh, to see Howard. And Tommy was probably the best friend Howard had for the last couple of years of his life. Would you say? Yeah, he was he was very close. He, I know he, he was, was telling, he was very yeah. he was up there. And 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 don't think right now that Jenna Loeb and uh Kathy Morrell, man, they you know, and Mark Carano, like, you know, oh, we yeah, never yeah. we never talk about uh Mark Carano, but you know, being the head of town relations and how man, it's painful. Like, you know, I Mark wow. is a friend of mine and I, hopefully he's not mad that I I I put this out there, but um he was very, very sad that he had to put this word in with people. It was, it's been oh, hard I can on only him. I, I can it's, only it's imagine. I can only imagine. I remember hard on him. when I was a GM and we did, uh, you know, the angle where I, I had to sail off into the sunset to get body parts replaced. And <laughs> so being a GM on raw is like being, uh, uh, an actor on a soap opera, except <laughs> instead of getting killed off, you get fired. Right. And uh, I asked Stephanie to, you know, to put in that line about how I'd never actually fired anyone. You know, you want the trappings of responsibility without actually having to make the tough decisions. And I'm lucky I've never had to do anything like that in my life. I can only imagine uh, the burden that uh, comes down on someone like Mark Shoulders. That's a really difficult position to be in. Um, and I would never want to do that. No, it was it was horrible for him, and he used to um, he he would he would see me at the arenas, and he he he'd come up to me, he'd say, "Man, we got Howard coming in. 
his car gets here in a little. And he was always excited, man, about Howard. And he used to go and see Howard. And um, a lot of people don't realize how much of a family, you know, we are. You know, it, we don't talk to each other every day. Uh, we, don't, we, don't, we don't write. We don't always send messages. But when we see everybody, it's like a family reunion. Like when we got together for uh, Mark, when we were together on the set of the Big Show show, uh, I see uh, you a lot more than I do uh, Rikishi. Uh, but we had we had a blast, and then even after spending the whole day together, you know, I don't even think Keish asked us. I think we said, "Hey, Keish, you want to stop by the school?" And uh, all three of us did. Even I mean, all four of us. Yeah. I think Show was there as well, and it was just Show came too. Something you do. Yep, you look out for each other. You have a blast. You may not see each other for a while. I had a guy, um, you know, fan I'd met in the UK going through a tough physical time, and he thought I had something against him personally because I hadn't been in touch for a year. And I was like, that's the way our business is. You know, you don't talk to someone for a year or two. They arrive into the, you know, the company, you ride with them. It's like you pick up where you left off. So, uh, yeah, this this has been a really tough time for all of us, and uh, so I've reached out to a handful of the guys, and uh, you know, I wish I had, uh, like I said, I wish I could tell them, keep your head up, you'll land on your feet, but that's not that's not the case right now. No, not right now. It's it's uh, and and the same thing with AEW. Like man, like they haven't announced that they're letting anybody go or stuff, as far as I know, but. Uh, I'm sure that they're not going to be hiring anybody like right now with, you know, how bad it is. And, you know, you got money going out the door and none coming in. Um, like it's, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, to understand that. Like every business in the world is suffering. If it is a business. Yeah. You know, I saw, you know, I, I mean, I know there's, you hate to get politics involved. Uh, but I woke up a few days ago to find WWE getting all that heat for being deemed an essential business in Florida. And it's like, okay, I can understand people who don't think so. But on the other hand, how do you even put a price tag on being able to supply uh, a country or, you know, a world with, what do we do, five, seven hours of uh, um, weekly, you know, brand new programming at a time when nobody else is doing it? Like the world's depressing enough. Uh, yeah. I just think, you know, what we're doing as an industry, and I'm including AEW in that, uh, it's, it's, a, it's unheard of because no one else can do it. And I think, uh, you know, in this case, the world needs to understand that before they pass judgment on, on what we do and the decisions that are made. Well said. Well said, Mick. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I always felt like you know, this. I would even say this when I was on the outs with the company, which would happen every <laughs> eighteen months or so. I'd be like, you know what? It's always there for you. You know, you can complain sometimes; it'll break your heart. But every Monday, uh, and you know, and t- you know, Tuesday was you know the time was SmackDown or whatever. But you know, Mondays, it's always there for you, uh, and they. And it always, you know, unless uh, some other catastrophe strikes, it it always will be. And I think that's something that helps us get by. Uh, I believe that when you enter the doldrums of of the winter, that it's the uh, arrival of Royal Rumble that makes people feel a little bit better. 
And then once the rumble hits, I mean, February and March are miserable months. They're the worst. You know, March is probably the most miserable month of them all. And it's like, but we got mania coming up. You know, like yep. I don't, I don't think people can understand how much good the show does, the company, and the business as a whole for all its faults. You know, it's uh, it lifts people up, and I give a lot of credit to all the people out there, especially at WrestleMania. Like you couldn't tell the difference in effort. Between uh, you know, uh, people performing in front of zero fans and people performing in front of eighty-five thousand, it was really a great time uh, to be a fan and uh, stand up and be proud. Like I was proud, like a father, you know. And it's really uh, bringing the best out in people, and I'm just I'm glad that they can continue to do that until this you know uh, pandemic eases up on us a little bit. Yeah, and you just gotta hope and pray that this time next year, we'll be able to see WrestleMania in front of 70, 75,000 fans. I mean, at this point, that's even in doubt as crazy as it sounds, I know, I know. you know, it's, it's, I know, <laughs> I know uh, there'll be people out there. Oh, it's all easy. You a company payroll or looking for a job. It's like, you know, I've knocked the company in the past. I probably will again, but uh, I don't see how you can fault them uh, for the product they're putting out. I wish I, I don't know the decisions that go into letting people go. I know when you're a publicly held company, it puts, a, uh, uh, you know, the bottom line becomes more important than it would have if it was privately held. But uh, I don't know the decision, you know, decision-making it's uh, a terrible time to be without a job, but strictly from a performance standpoint, what the company offers is, uh, something you really can't put a price tag on. Well, Mick, I mean, I, I think when we first, you know, the last time we had you on, which wasn't that long ago, you know, things were obviously a lot different in the world now. But, man, I appreciate you, Mick, for like everything you do. You know, follow, I, I, I suggest everybody follow you on social media at Real Mick Foley because you've done a tremendous job in making this world smaller for everybody with your request, the way you put yourself out there. And you're just a great human being. And I, I can't say enough good things about you as a person. Um, and it goes well beyond what you did, what, what you did in a ring. It's about who you are and what you do right now. And I appreciate you. And I thank you so much for the time. And again, follow you at Real Mick Foley and, and hopefully sometime soon, you know, we'll be able to go to realmcfoley.com and purchase tickets to see your one-man show. You know, oh my God, yeah. I, 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 I love nothing more, you know this, Mick, than to promote you as much as possible. Uh, unfortunately, I can't do that. But you know what? I, hopefully, you know, 18 months from now, you'll be able to go to realmcfoley.com and buy some tickets to see your one-man show. And, man, yeah. I, I can't wait for that day to come. Believe me. Also, well, Mick, we got dates uh, you- lined up. Oh, go ahead, Mark. Go, go ahead, go ahead. I was saying I've got some dates lined up for the fall, and uh, we'll see what happens with those. Uh, um, you know, if, uh, if we're not there yet, we're not there yet. We'll reschedule for the, you know, the winter, the spring, whatever it takes. But, uh, yeah, hopefully I'll come on and make the big announcement that the tour is back on. I would awesome. Think that, also, uh, you, 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 the Big Show show came out. You mentioned it about us being on. And uh, you came across really, really good on camera, man. And uh, I laughed so hard uh, when you told Kishi to, gee, man, at least take it out of the shell first. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I think you were the uh, then. I know, but you were like a big teddy bear on that show. It was like, I mean, me and Keish were popping just uh, when you guys were doing the read through. You know, it's like Big Show's got the uh, he's got the uh, massage couples massage, and you pull him over to the side like, wow, sure would be a shame to let that yeah. massage go to waste. <laughs> <laughs> Always working you know, the gimmick, brother. Always you know, working. You guys are under the towels. And just the writing was so good on that show. The cast was so nice. Uh, Allison plays show's wife is spot on. You know, she comes in, sees you guys getting massaged. She's like, it's like two rhinos being sedated. <laughs> you know, and, and what's yeah. good, Mick, is, is right now on Netflix, it's the number three show. Is it really? Number three on Netflix, and I and think that, a lot that, of that can be a, a lot of that can be attributed to us singing Backstreet Boys. That you know what? There you go. <laughs> Not there that you people go. know about that. Now it's going to be number one. Now that you mentioned that, uh, Mick, <laughs> yeah. Mick. Thank you so much for the time, and and hopefully the next time we have you, we have you on. We're going to have some good news to share for sure. I hope. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for having me on to talk about uh, Howard. It's, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank man, you Mick, again. give me a call, man. I, I want to talk to you. You got I it, miss buddy. You, man. <laughs> I miss you, too. See you later, guys. Bye, All right. Mick Foley. Bye. Always great talking to Mick Foley. What a, what a great – I mean, I mean that, Mark. What a great human being. You know, he put out that request to, hey, you know what? I'm going to do videos for free. Anybody that wants, like, a, a video shout-out and then – he got, you know, he had to stop at a thousand, you know, he goes, I don't know if I'm going to get, you know, 12 or, you know, 200. Well, he got over a thousand. So, you know, the guy's just doing so much to, to keep people entertained during this really, really tough time. Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barack Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. As we said, Mark, you know, the best ring announcer, and you can see him on AEW Dynamite each and every Wednesday on TNT. Let me welcome in Tommy Dreamer and Justin Roberts. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us on this difficult day today. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having us here. What's up? And uh, Justin Roberts, first for, for with you, you know, again, thank you. And, and, and I do mean it, and I'm sure Mark, means it as well i mean you are you're the guy now you're you're you've you've grabbed it and then you've run with it uh, you know i can honestly say that i think you're the the best ring announcer right now you do an amazing job each and every wednesday and and i'm sure that howard finkel uh was a big influence on you well thank you very much uh howard was a huge influence you know i, I grew up on listening to howard and when I first started announcing, that's what I did. I just went out there and tried to be Howard. And um, that's always been my influence. And uh, I modeled myself after Howard, for sure. I'm yeah, sure that, um, uh, <laughs> I'm sure Howard was like, know, hey, don't, uh, don't copy me, kid. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> Go ahead, Tommy. I was just saying, I mean, Justin, for me, it was Dusty Rhodes. For Justin, it was Howard. And uh, Howard, you, uh, Justin used to call 
the office, I always say, Justin, it was that weird, annoying kid that always wanted to be the announcer. And, uh, you know, Howard would give him advice. And Justin, uh, you should share that. I started calling Howard when I was in junior high. I used to, uh, I've always told the story that I used to call the WWE magazine because they left the office uh, office phone number in the magazine. And when you look through the magazine and all the names of the people who work in the magazine, Howard was the one that I recognized from TV. So I used to call starting in junior high and throughout high school and call periodically and just have random conversations with Howard talking wrestling. And I would always call up and say, hey, this is Justin from Chicago. And he knew it was me, and he would always take my phone calls and give me you know, five, ten minutes, whatever it was. And uh, those calls started in junior high, and they went through uh, through our last call not that long ago. Wow. Hey, wow um, sharing that. That's amazing. Uh, Joey Styles uh, hit me up, and he wanted me to share a story because he's pretty devastated as well because that was Howard was a big influence on him. And uh, he wrote, when I interviewed at WWF headquarters after quitting ECW in May of 1994, I returned in July, which I totally even didn't even know. Uh, Howard was in the interview with the head of HR. I asked him how his tuxedo matches with Harvey Wimpleman were going, and he totally kayfabe me, and, his, and he answered if they were like shoot fights. It reminded me, I reminded him of it when we went out for lunch while working together at WWE.com 15 years later, and he apologized, and he said, um, I didn't work for WWF, I work for ECW, so he didn't want to ever break kayfabe, even during an interview. Uh, Joey said, I was so nervous my first day when I arrived at WWE.com offices, and immediately felt better when Howard welcomed me. We became great friends, and he was one of the kindest people I ever had the pleasure of knowing. I will miss him every day. Um, the fact that Howard did that was so Howard. Um, for me, I got to work uh, just like Mark, you know, behind the scenes, uh, seeing Howard like running around. This is wrestling and WWE was Howard's life and it's what Howard loved so much. And uh, it did crush him when it took him off the road. But. I remember when I went to the office and I shared an office with Howard and thinking about it now, it was just like, I didn't like the job, but being with Howard and just reminiscing about all the stuff that we used to do really, really uh, helped pass the time for me. Cause all I wanted to be was a wrestler, but I wasn't given that opportunity. But when I tell you Howard lived, breathed, uh, WWE was the most loyal person uh, to WWE. He was the number one employee, and he he took that with pride. I don't know if anybody told his story of how Howard joined the WWE, um, where he basically was an usher, and he wanted to see WWE at the building. He went to the building manager, and then Vince McMahon, uh, they had a great event and Vince McMahon basically said he wanted to meet the guy who was responsible for this. And Howard's boss introduced him to ha uh, Vince. They forged a friendship and then he was the first employee. He, wow. Creative back in the day was him, Vince and Pat. And he did every single job. Uh, he was just awesome. And when I was in the office, 
you know, not only would, you know, everyone is sharing all these stories, he would, Howard's job, we used to get envelopes and it would tell you your week's travel, your week's um, appearances, the the house show loops, uh, and then what the TVs were, the miles. And Howard would literally stuff every wrestler's envelope. Guys would take these envelopes and just throw it on the floor. They didn't know that was Howard's job. But Howard literally took time every single week for every wrestler and shoved your travel and made sure where you were and then called every wrestler in the WWE every week of your travel. Now you get it all via email, but that's what Howard did uh, when I was with him. So, uh, and dude, let me tell you, um, myself, John Laurinaitis, Mark Carano, uh, we had how that office was operating because <laughs> Howard would just do stuff and like me and Mark, Mark would like walk by and be like, Howard, God damn it. And then Howard would look at me like, what did I do? And then all of a sudden Carano would just come running and clothesline him in his desk and we would start fake wrestling. And he's like, he called me the suit. And he's like, suit, be the ref. And Howard, we would have like, Howard would be having fake matches in the office. It was just, uh, and this was like almost every day. And he would oh just God. lunch for people. Uh, I want to say that um, I set the rules in WWE for no more pornography on computers. That would be the Tommy Dreamer law. But um, Howard, they set the law of you can't live in your office because just like uh, that movie, there were times that Howard would just sleep at the office because he had either so much work to do and or he just he just stayed there all the time. Um, and WWE took care of him till the end. And uh they really need to be commended for that because man, Howard, as, as you see via social media, how much one man's life influenced so many others, but I've never seen somebody uh, so passionate for his job. You know, I, I don't want to make this about the company because it's, it's Howard's day, but it's, it's hard not to, to, to give, credit to a company like the WWE when so much shit goes wrong um, and so many people attack it. Like it's, it's the tallest trees that get the most win. The WWE is the tallest tree in entertainment, whether Hollywood admits it or not, or sports, uh, all the sports companies in the world. The WWE is influences all of the athletes that play the professional sports and the Hollywood. And not everybody. There's some prudes out there that look down on pro wrestling. But the WWE should be commended for doing jobs like, and, and it's not even looked at as a job, of taking care of its own. For every time that there's a, a situation where you have to have budget cuts or you have to cut talent back because the company is not making money, the company is losing money, and you hear the story of how the company pays all the bills. You, you, you know, people like Darren Drozdorf, like they take care of them. And even if it don't affect me, you know how to take care of me. 
I'm going to take care of me. But there's some people that can't. And they, they spent their whole life trying to be good for the company. And those people are taken care of. So for all those haters out there, um, just know that there is a heart underneath that company. And it takes care of its own. And Howard is um, a prime example of somebody that busted his ass and influenced so many guys and helped so many. I, I mean, Tommy talked about the, the, the folders. Uh, I remember uh, Bradshaw came in the room and he saw like two of the folders, um, you know, on the floor. And he, and he knew who, who put those together because he went off. He was like, hey, why is, this, why is the floor littered with, with the papers? Guys, pick that up. Like, you know, there's people that sit back and, 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 and put that together for you just so you can. And nobody did that for me when I came. And he cut this hellacious promo. And it was like young people. The the people like me and Tommy appreciated because we needed we both were disorganized and we needed help. But you know these young people, man, you, they have to be coached into doing the right thing. And just like Tommy put notice on that, so did Bradshaw. So both of y'all should be commended for uh, respecting how it's worked. I, I I really love that. Um, you know, oh. J- Justin and I uh, visited Howard. And uh, I visit him a lot because of, you know, I would say he's about hour and a half, two hours uh, from me. Um, the first time when me and Justin went and saw him, he was looking and he started uh, hitting his head and he started rocking back and forth. And he kept saying, is this a dream? Am I dreaming? And uh, for a lot of people said Howard had a stroke. Howard had a, a rare genetic brain disease that uh, his brain was shrinking. And I hate that because the whole outthink the think, and he was slowly losing his, his mind. He, he, he had stroke-like symptoms, but he kept falling because of, of his brain. And when he saw me and Justin his face. And I was like, yeah, Howard, it's me and Justin. And he's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, we're here to visit you. And he was just like, oh my God. And, and just that of happiness. And I didn't post pictures on social media every time I took them all the time. I would see him. Neither did Justin because Howard had such pride. He didn't want the people to know that he was sick. He didn't want people to feel sorry for him. Yeah. Um, and he was literally just sitting there watching the Mets game up until it was time to watch wrestling. And uh, I, I posted a picture last night on social media and everyone like kept hitting me up about the note over my shoulder. And I went back and I looked and this is when Howard was in a bad state. Howard couldn't sadly use a cell phone anymore because of his hands, uh, if you handed him the phone and that's what I would do every time when I would visit and I would FaceTime him with Justin um, and Howard's medical note above my shoulder says, please put channel 43 on 
at 8 p.m. on Monday nights, wrestling is on. That was his medical note. He loved us. We were his family. That's all he had. And like Mark said, he loved performing in front of the fans. And he loved us unconditionally. And uh, I really just wanted everybody to know what he meant to me, but how much we meant to him and what we did. And I'm sorry for crying. I cried all day yesterday. And I'm just going to kind of lay out because I want Justin to talk if he can. But uh, making going and see Howard and, and during these times we can't see people, but just reach out to people because I can't see him anymore. And uh, I hate it. I really do. And Justin, I know this is a, a emotional time for you as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when on that last visit with Tommy um, and, and on the FaceTime calls too, when he would FaceTime me in from, from being there, um, Tommy, <laughs> as you guys know, is, is Tommy. And um, instead of babying him instead of talking to him, you know, Tommy, Tommy was just being Tommy and Tommy was trying to get him to laugh and Tommy was trying to just, uh, to pick his brain still and, and to talk wrestling and to get him to, to remember all these things. And, and it worked, uh, Tommy would start talking like Howard to Howard and then Howard <laughs> would start talking like Howard to us. And, they both just started like announcing like Tommy and it was awesome. He, he just, he kind of revived them and, and brought back the old Fink. And um, Tommy was so great <laughs> visiting him all those times and, and being there for him. It, it was kind of a weird situation because from what we understood people, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a, a public thing. Nobody knew where he was. Uh, there was a part of me that was like, man, I, I wish we could like somehow let the fans know so people could record videos and, and send videos in to let Howard know how much everybody meant to them. But, um, it, you know, it wasn't my place to do that. It, I, I, I don't know the right call to make on that, but we told Howard when we were there, I mean, and every time Tommy was there with him, Tommy would tell him how much he meant to everybody. And he did. He, he meant so much to all of us in the wrestling business who got to work with him. And he meant so much to everybody who grew up watching wrestling. Howard was the voice. Howard was the greatest of all time. And that voice just went hand in hand with, with all the great memories from wrestling. And, uh, I composed myself, uh, Howard, like, again, he, I remember the last time I saw him because I, you know, after February, I, I couldn't go see him. Um, when I, the last time I saw him, he was just literally just sitting in a chair by himself. He had two great people who, who were, uh, fans and took great care of Howard. And, um, he was just sitting, just looking off in the distance. And, uh, I walked up and there was another woman over sitting next to him. And he was staring at me and I was like, what, Fink? And he was just like, 
I know you. And I was like, yeah, it's Dreamer. And I went from Yonkers, New York. And he went, Tommy Dreamer. And I was like, who's your rat? And from that <laughs> moment on, he was just normal. And I was just like, Howard. And then I was telling him about the Mets because he was a, a Met fan. Uh, and a he Jet was fan. A Jet fan, a season ticket holder since day one. He had so much useless knowledge about rock and roll and music. And uh, we were just sitting there um, just talking. But it was always wrestling that brought him back to being normal. And yeah. when I say normal, just, you know, we're all going stir crazy. And right now for just being home, he was that was going to be his home. And he, he knew that was going to be his home till the end. And uh, but he still kept on being like, uh, I still got a lot of gas left in this tank, he would always say. And I gave him uh, a House of Hardcore shirt and he never wore it. And I was like, Howard, why don't you wear my shirt? And he would just be like, uh, I go, where is my shirt? I'm going to put it on. He's like, no, no, no. And I was like, because it was another wrestling company shirt. And I was like, wow. come on, Howard, you're going to announce for me. He's like, oh, I don't want to get Vince mad. I don't want to get Vince mad. Right. <laughs> and I'd be like, screw them, Howard. Come work for me. I need you. He's like, Tommy, Tommy, don't get me in trouble. Um, but that, that was just Howard, man. And uh God, I, I can tell so many stories. Um, even like when Justin said, you know, uh, my father who had five masters. Um, he lost his vision. He had Parkinson's disease and people just used to treat him like, and I used to hear people would say uh, when he was walking with my mom, oh, like, why is she with that retarded person? And it really would bother me because I was like, my father was brilliant and I, I never treated him differently. I don't treat people with uh, anything, illnesses, because, you know, Howard was a, a prisoner in his own body. Um, and yeah. then if you just do things to spark that back, it, and it was just awesome. And, like, you know, me and Justin visited him where I put him on FaceTime. I remember, like, the one time, like, he was just talking. And then he's like, all right, Justin, I got to go. And I was like, where you got to go, Howard? You have nothing to do. <laughs> he was like, oh, I got things, Tommy. I got things. I was like, you got shit. <laughs> We're, we're going to have to at uh, one day and, and, and I apologize, Justin, we didn't get to you a lot because, you know, the show is just about to end. We only got about 30 seconds left. And I, you know, maybe one day we're going to have to do it just a special episode, you know, with you guys just telling you know, stories sharing, about how. Yeah, just sharing stories. So, Absolutely. You, know, you know, Justin, Justin Roberts, again, I, I think you've grabbed the mantle. I think you've definitely, you know, he's passed the torch to you because I think you're absolutely brilliant at what you do. And thank you for joining us today. Tommy, I love you, man. Thank you're my you. brother when it comes to wrestling. And, and thank you for at this emotional time. Mark, I love you as well. Let's all remember the greatest of all time, Howard Finkel and I know you are going to be back tomorrow, Mark, on a Saturday edition, but thank everybody for this emotional edition of Busted Open. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.